0: Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here. Well, the Kellyan Cultural Center has some good news to share. Uh, Senator Jim Runstead recently put out a letter uh, get, uh, congratulating them on a grant. He helped them establish a $150,000 state enhancement grant to support educational programming, including mobile museum that is brought into local schools. To talk with that, us about that and much more is the executive director of the Caldean Cultural Center, Weam Not Move. We am. how are you today? I'm good, Vanessa. Thanks for having me again on your show. Oh, always a pleasure talking with you, Weam. Um, and this is exciting news to for uh the Cultural Center. So tell us about this grant that Senator Jim Runstead helped you establish.
1: Yeah, well, this was um, as a result of Senate Bill number 82. And uh, we were able to receive 150,000 grant. And it was also due to other factors, including um, the help of Representative Burnman. And both men had come to the uh, cultural center in the past, uh, actually earlier this year. And they were, you know, really impressed with the museum. This was their first time visiting it. And they we're very attentive and listen to what our needs are. And um, later in the year, we, with the help of uh, Clint Custow, uh, who was helping lobbying for us, uh, we were able to get this grant for arts and culture. So tell us what you were able to do with this grant. How is this
0: helping the cultural center?
1: Well, it will be mostly uh, used for next year because we have been approved and uh, we we should probably be receiving it early next year. And the way it will help is that I think what most people, um, they don't understand how the nonprofit sector works. So we still have, although we have a very small staff of uh, myself as a executive director and an administrative assistant, but we also have a lot of like, a lot of workers that are freelancer contractors and, you know, and everybody really—it's—it's it's like even though it's a small nonprofit organization, but people do get paid. We have a, um, and this is an operational grant for the most part. So in order to allow us to continue what we're doing, which includes basically maintaining and running the museum, which took over 10 years to build and was open in 2017. Um, so there's a lot of work involved in that. And the programmings that we have, which you know, you've been on our virtual discussion series, that was started last year where we're interviewing people once a week from different parts of the world. It could be locally, na- national or international. Um, anybody that has to do with Topics dealing with Iraq. Um, and that has been a very fascinating program. It was started with the uh, help of University of Detroit, um, I'm sorry, University of Michigan Detroit Center. Um, so another program that we started was interviewing the elderly um, and the uh, you know, asking them about their immigrant stories coming yeah. to Iraq. And that has been amazing as well, because they speak in Surat, the Aramaic language. And for me, I mean, that's an experience in itself, because I get to... Not only listen to their experience, but listening to it in the Aramaic language, which is spoken by our ancestors, and which I'm really trying to learn myself as well, is is just something very beautiful that we've gotten to the point where we can document and share our stories today. So these are the two programs we're we're mostly focused on, but there are others as well. Weam, um, are you more are you more fluent in Arabic than Aramaic? yes definitely um, okay. but i have been yes but i understand aramaic fully and i can respond you know i'm not as fluent with the aramaic as i yes. am with the arabic mm-hmm. but currently um for for this year i've been studying the language so um Today, yes, thanks to our books by Father Bazi, I am able to read some Aramaic. <laughs> so, wow, reading it. I mean, that's
0: impressive too. So, did, does the Cultural Center have um, an opportunity to promote learning the language as well?
1: Well, this is what we're trying to do. Part of the reason that I am learning it other for me loving the process, because I did hmm. try to take it in the past um, through the church and I didn't retain as much as I was. I had hoped. hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, tried. I, I did the <laughs> same thing. I
0: did the same thing. We, um, I really did. And I did not retain what I had hoped I would have, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. But now I'm trying again. And, um, I, interestingly, now that I'm older, I'm able to retain more. I think the interest and I, uh, I guess I'm also understanding the value of it, that, you know, it's, it's going to be a dying language. And that now that I'm enjoying documenting, it's very important for me to know it. And I would like to pass it on. So it has, while it's, uh, partly for work purposes, but it's really truly for personal purposes as well. I've felt like it's so enriching to be able to read it, and we'll be um, we will be offering some classes and, and things in the future. Right now, we're not to the point of teaching it, although we have been introduced to amazing teachers, whether online or in person. So. For instance, recently we had our first field trip, actually this was last week on Thursday. Um, and for any schools that are interested to participate in this, it's just, it was so much fun for so many, sorry, my phone. Um, okay. It was so much fun for so many, for the kids that came from the Lady of Sorrows. Mm. And um, we had four workshops one of them was a tour of the museum. Another one was learning the DEPCA, <laughs> which the kids had so much fun. Um, and I total. myself loved it because of uh-huh. the, you know, aside from the dance, but because of the music that, yeah. um, you know, our music is so beautiful and our songs. Um, and we had a like this little smoothie bike that made Mediterranean um, smoothies. So we uh-huh. could introduce the children to, a lot of the fruits that are currently still used in Iraq and um, back home. So, but the other class was, which is, this is, I I found it so interesting, most appealing is the rma class and it is um presented by mahar and he teaches at a very high level at the uni- uh, the detroit mercy i think is where um, he teaches but he also does it for free at holy martyrs and right now they've already started their session and their classes are booked however they will be starting again in january now some something like that we can collaborate with him in the future to to do classes through the cultural Center, but right now we're providing it for field trips. And um, we're, we try to promote anywhere that they have uh, RMA classes, we try to promote that. Which actually brings me to another topic, the what we call the mobile museum. Yeah, and tell us about that. Another- yes because this is something else that we want to use the funds for so as i mentioned you know a lot of the funds is going to go to operational and some of the programs but this but what we're doing is it allows us to expand our programming which includes the mobile museum the mobile museum started in 2019 and at that time you know there was no covid and um so i was able to do presentations live and various schools. And they were very welcoming. And the students loved it because whether they were of Chaldean background or whether they were non-Chaldeans, um, the kids that were of Chaldean backgrounds, this was an opportunity for them to, to see themselves through these stories that I was sharing. You know, to have somebody representing who their the the stories that they hear from their parents and grandparents. And I could see from their faces that their faces like really lit up when I was doing the presentation and some would come up to me and say, Oh, you know what? I come from here. I, I came from this area and I lived in Tel or something where they're able to share like even personal stories because some of them were refugees mm-hmm. um, so they weren't necessarily born not everybody was born here the interesting thing was the non-chaldeans because nowadays you know michigan as i mentioned before has the largest population of chaldeans in the world yeah it used to be the second largest after iraq but because of what happened with isis now it's the largest so Imagine, I mean, most people, whether they know it or not, they have Chaldean neighbors, and what uh, m- more closely they can meet the Chaldeans in schools because, like that, if, if in our homes we don't associate with our neighbors, well, in schools you get to meet your Chaldeans or if you, in your workplace. Um, so they were fascinated that they ended up learning so much about the Chaldeans, which in the past, it seemed like it was, their knowledge was based on, okay, they're from Iraq and they're Christians and Catholic, and it kind of stops there. And the history, the amazing history of the Chaldeans goes way beyond that it's the cradle, It's they are from the region that's the cradle of civilization. And so we felt with the Mobile Museum because of what happened with the pandemic and we weren't able to visit schools, we thought, well, you know what? This is an opportunity to reach more schools, not only just the local, the close, you, usually we were invited by the uh, schools that were like more nearby, like Macomb County or Oakland County. Uh, but the subject of Mesopotamia is, for everybody, it's the cradle of civilization. It's where writing was invented, the wheel, uh, first city-states, and so the history associated associated with that region belongs to everybody. It's not restricted yeah, to yeah. the Caliphs. I That's think a good point, great point. Yes, it's for everybody, and this is what we're trying to show. Because sometimes people feel, well, I understand. You know, this is a call. It's, it's like it seems as. Um, we're promoting and bringing awareness to a particular culture, which we are. But at the same time, we are also bringing awareness to the fact that Mesopotamia is, is has a history that belongs to the whole world. You know, it's the one, wherever anything started, but it's the the people in Mesopotamia that documented everything. This is how how we know so much about them. And because of that, we're able to know Um, I mean, actually, there's so much we still don't know. And that is so fascinating because we're we're trying to learn how did they invent what they did within such a short period of time. And so there needs to be more uh, education in that region. There needs to be even more like scholarly work to be done in that region for us. It's it's the biblical, you know, it's the um, biblical setting for much of the Genesis.
0: The the Old Testament and several parts of the Old Testament. Yeah, exactly. Isaiah, Genesis, uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes, yeah. Abraham. So uh, yeah. you know where yeah. the so many the land of Ur, yeah. exactly.
0: and we know, and we know, we have Pope Francis actually when he visited Iraq, he specifically wanted to go to where Abraham was, which is the land of Ur, the land of the Chaldeans.
1: And you know the ziggurat that still stands there. You know there was there's a lot of um, scholars and archaeologists and um, historians that believe that that's the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Because that ziggurat resembles. You know they have they never pinpointed where the Tower of Babel is, but the way it was built and how the the whole concept of getting closer to God, um, you know, and with the the way the temple is, they think that that's the t- Tower of Babel. So there's so much history there. And that's what I also, we would like to bring that to light. Yeah, I think what happened is in 1921, uh, when the British occupied Iraq, they changed the word Mesopotamia to Iraq. Yeah. And I, I think that at that point, the disconnect started happening between the historical cradle of civilization and the region of Iraq. And then Iraq became just a country where it's like there's war and violence and oppression and political upheaval, which there is. Unfortunately, there's a lot of that too, but it disconnected the history associated with Mesopotamia so that people even you know today, the Chaldeans are more and more known. Maybe in uh, you know in, in Michigan, of course, because of, of our position here. And you know, I was doing some research, and I found that um, Michigan is the only place I could find where there was uh, organizations for Chaldeans.
0: Yeah! Wow, that's All amazing. Other,
1: yeah, I had because no, I was trying to get information about different and uh, different countries and states of of uh, Chaldeans. And what I came to find out is that. In other areas, the majority have, the basis for them is the church. You know, this is, the church keeps track of, you know, the population and the things that they do is mostly done through the church. But here we have, we're very organized with like, there's a chamber of commerce, there's a Chaldean foundations, there's a Chaldean cultural center. So we cater to the Chaldean community in a different way. And so I feel like it's really our responsibility to, let also people know the the importance of it outside of us. W- why this group? Um, what's so special about us? Because every group, every everybody has something special. Every individual, every community. But it's also important to see how is. How are we unique, not just within our community, but outside as well? And why yeah. that matters. Well, the community is
0: historic. I mean, we, we speak the language Christ spoke, which is Aramaic, a dialect. We are mentioned in, in the Bible. We go back to where the original inhabitants of that region, Mesopotamia, which is modern day Iraq today. So there's so much history with the Chaldean culture and our influence on like what you said earlier, science and on math and on food and culture. I mean, so um, it's, it was really cool to learn about. What I love about the museum, am is that it is packed with a wealth of knowledge and information and entertainment and a very kind of small space, but done very well
1: yes it's um so you know here's the the thing where you, you it's it's not the site really that counts. yeah we have so much uh storytelling through media yeah and this is what the kids love so what i noticed you know as so i was trying to give the tour on thursday and the kids were wonderful but i did notice that you know they were more interested in the digital stuff so sure. they were, I think, <laughs> and i thought you guys just have fun doing that because this is why we did it the way we did it we understood yeah. you, because it was built later i guess that also gave us an advantage to more to the younger people and actually even the older people are more interested in that kind of storytelling rather than just listening to a person i I agree with you yeah they want to touch all of these and hang out and they're welcome to hang out as long as they want in the museum Um, but when you see it with your own eyes like okay this is really like this is what we invested in and this is what we put our heart in and actually not me myself i came when all the hard work was done. So all the pioneers and the uh, executive director um, who retired uh, Mary Ramaya, I mean, they really, you could see the work is just incredible what they did. And I'm just, I feel so honored that um, after they did all this hard work and it's like, okay, you know what, can you help us take it to the next step? And I feel so honored to be able to do that. And it's just, it's a good fit because I might not be a builder in that sense, but for me, as a storyteller, it's about like reaching these stories to the largest population possible so that we can continue documenting our stories and so that we can, you know, let the world know that, you know, we are not a dying- um, Community. We're not a dying read, right? It's yeah. like we have found a haven here in Michigan that allows us to continue to tell our stories. And I, I think that's what the Senator and the representative Understood and valued, and this is why they supported this. Yeah, group. well, yeah, let me ask you this: another project that I'll, I'll be—I actually
0: have the pleasure to work with you on—is uh, a museum minute. So, tell us about that, and people interested in maybe sponsoring them could do that if they have a company or organization. So, give us a, a background on the uh, series, the museum minute.
1: While well, the museum minute is something we really want to like launch um, during these holidays. It would be such a perfect gift for people to gift um, themselves, their families, or even the world. So, oftentimes, you know, I've been I've been seeing various comments, which I'm happy to see these, whether on Caldean um, Moms of Metro Detroit, which is a, a Facebook page that is just filled with thousands and thousands of beautiful Chaldean moms that put wonderful ideas out there and whether through TV or the media. And I'm sensing that people are more concerned with meaningful things nowadays and less with materialistic. And I'm happy to see that. I'm really, really happy to see that because that was kind of who I am from before. And I'm just kind of thinking, you know what, like, why do we put so I'm sure most people were from before. And it's just sometimes it takes like more and more push to think like, okay, we've had it with this materialism there's other and bigger things in the world and the museum minute is a way where for for very very a small amount compared to like if when you have a business i mean what you're investing in it you get a minute of somebody sharing a story uh, or history about an artifact or an object that we have in the museum or it doesn't even have to be in the museum but just as somehow associated with mesopotamia and you get to share um that story, and then you, and then we give you know thanks to your business. You get your logo in it. It's it's a video that we create. We have uh, a cinematographer and a videographer who is wonderful. He's been he he works for a TV station, um, who's been with us for a while. That can you know edit this together, and um, we think like it would be a perfect gift to give somebody, and they will be part of the video as well as. Um, have the company name, their logos on there. And we share this through social media, which we are following is increasing all the time because, you know, what's wonderful about social media and even this project is it's not limited to space. It's not limited to time, meaning you don't have to be living in Michigan to do the sponsorship. If you have, if your business has served in a way where you feel you want to reach international uh, consumers, you can do so through the museum minute because it allows you to do that because it's really the way we highlight it is through social media and through, uh, social media. And it has a long shelf life. It's not, it's not
0: exactly. going to expire. It's a shelf exactly. life. Anybody, there'll be a whole series on these and you can share them with your friends and family. They'll be on the website. They'll be, they'll be there forever. You know, so people could see these museum minutes and, 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 uh, the sponsorship never goes away.
1: And so what you're doing, not only are you supporting the museum, but you're also really le- adding some some kind of a meaningful um, episode in your life. You know, and like I said, this is not for Cal- the museum is not for Chaldeans only it is for the world. Yeah. Mesopotamia is a cradle of civilization. I think I I love seeing that I've seen so many people and I've met so many people who have an interest and have invested um, into learning more about that region because they understand the value of that. And so you're investing into something that's about, that's meaningful to the whole world. um, And you become a part of it when you do that. And so this is what a meaningful gift is, is where you are serving Uh, someone else, you're serving something higher than yourself. And at the same time, being a part of the process. So you're not left out. You're not just donating and saying, okay, you know what, here's a donation for the museum. No, but we want you to be a part of the experience. And Mm. this would be something that's historical. It stays in our archives. It lives in our archives. It's for the whole world to see. Um, And so it benefits us and it benefits the person that's sponsoring in so many so many ways. Yeah, that's wonderful. We're talking with Weam Namu,
0: Executive Director of the Caldean Cultural Center. And uh, Weam, how do we find out more in terms of like a website, newsletter, set up something? Are you going back to the traveling museum? Is moving past COVID helping you go back to a normal business hours? How is that working and how can people find out more?
1: Um, yes, we are going back to more normal. Like we've we've had, like I said, the field trip and we're having some events coming up in December. And um, even we're setting things up early for early next year, including we want to start doing film screenings. Um, and our film screening is gonna be it doesn't even again, something that doesn't have to be local. It's um our first film screening is gonna be about an Iraqi um Jewish um filmmaker who did this documentary about the Iraqi Jews, and she's in New York, and we're gonna the film screening here and hopefully that's going to be sometime in april um so the museum is just it's um through reservation you can still visit it but it's not just because of the covid although that is part of the reason uh but also because like last week uh you know the whole we had 85 students uh over 20 adults (laughs) you know in the center so you you wouldn't be able to come and visit if you just kind of stop by that day then you would see that you wouldn't even be able to visit because the whole place was this kind of closed off for that. And we're actually having more and more groups visit in that way. And so the best way is to call 248-681-5050, or you can also um, email us at info at org, um, and just set up an appointment. That's really all you have to do is just to reach out and set up an appointment. And um, other than, and then you can also see our programming online and I want to also thank you so much, Vanessa, for helping us with this sponsorship for for the Museum Minute because the holidays are just around the corner. It's a great gift. Yeah. Yes, it's a great gift. And for people who want to, be involved in this. Um, I mean, you they can call the museum and set up like a time with you. And I don't know if you want to just, or you can contact Vanessa because she's has a, a major role to play in this. Yeah. Uh, you could, you yeah. could
0: go to Epiphany Communications and Coaching and email me there and in my info at epiphanyccc.com and just put and Cultural Center or Museum Minute and uh, we'll follow up that way.
1: Yeah. Because the, the process does take a little bit time to set up, you know, but yeah, it, Um, So I just, you know, I just shot a movie recently and I wanna tell you that the experience of how, uh, of the shooting and how um, just, everybody interaction and stuff that experience it's fun in itself yeah. Yes. Right.
0: We, yeah they all
1: loved saying that whatever happens at this point this experience in itself was so much fun and this is what's memorable yeah so you have so many dynamics that are associated you have the memory of making this little clip which it's one minute but takes hours to put together yeah and then you have the opportunity like i said to help us and then you have the memory of a lifetime through a little yeah. one minute I, like yeah. so,
0: and you're yeah. giving an experience to somebody this holiday. It's an experience. And it's, and if you maybe buy the gift for maybe your child or your spouse or your friend to be the person doing the video, that would be cool too. So um, we could talk about that as well.
1: Yeah, so please feel free like, to contact the museum or, or Vanessa should be uh, uh, very happy to help as well. Thank you, Wiam Namu. It's always a pleasure
0: talking with you. Find out more about the Kellyanne Cultural Center, and we'll we'll catch up soon, Wiam. Thank you so much, Vanessa. Have a wonderful day. You too. Any questions, comments, show topics you want me to get to? You can go to uh, Epiphany Communications and Coaching. Email me there. You can also find me on all the social media platforms. Epiphany Communication. Commission, communications and coaching on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and private message me there as well. As always, remind our listeners to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for listening. It's your community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.